Hello and welcome back to the Temple Podcast. My name is Edward Pike. If you don't know me, I'm the founder of the Temple. And the Temple is really a virtual space, an online hub where we bring together change makers, creatives, healers, therapists, people who are really being of service to the world. And we bring you their stories, their experiences, and their wisdom to help you step into your highest purpose and potential and to step out into the world with your own gifts and talents and mission. So in this podcast, I introduce you in each episode to one of these people. And today I speak to my dear friend, Mark Peredes. So I've known Mark for coming up to nearly 10 years now. I met him when I was living in London, still a personal trainer. And it's been incredible to witness his journey from what I knew him as at the beginning, which was an interior designer, to then diving deep, deep, deep into shamanic work and deep, deep, deep into, as he'll share, kind of tantric work, let's say, but as you'll hear from the podcast with his own twist and his own understanding. And this entire journey has led him to what he's now doing today, which is orgasmic shamanism. And yes, it sounds as bonkers and beautiful and transformational as it sounds, as you'll discover a bit on the podcast. Now, myself and Mark always have had wonderful conversations around love, sexuality, and, and spirituality. And through this episode, but also through the last couple of episodes, and if you go back to listen, you'll get a sense that what we're really connecting to now and understanding is the power of sexual energy, the importance of allowing and expressing this sexual energy for our transformation, for our joy, for our well-being, and for our purpose. And so this conversation gives you another step, another glimpse into the link, perhaps, between our sexual power and what it means, what it's like to be truly stepping into ourselves, who we truly are, our highest potential, but also into our purpose. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. again it's great to be here and yeah. it's great to connect with greece virtually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you were there yesterday right exactly you i were. was there i was in athens and delphi and mm. it was just magical so it's just such a beautiful land mm. yeah it is yeah so thank you for being well i guess the second time i guess because we did a recording back last year which I shared with people on the in the temple membership at the time, and since I last we had a little chat, was it a month ago? 
six weeks ago, I don't know, and you shared about your, you know, your recent developments and what you're doing. And I'm just so intrigued and curious. And I, I know you and I know you bring, you know, beautiful experience and wisdom to the world. And Thank the you. topic, yeah, in some just really curious and excited even to, to speak to you about this next phase in what you're doing and to really kind of dive into to that theme of sexuality and and all these things these beautiful beautiful things yes. so yes so maybe <laughs> so maybe you can start off by just sharing a bit in your own words you know what you're currently bringing to the world how you're currently being of service to your clients your community your planet yeah yeah, thank you. Thank you for asking that. Thanks for being interested. It's so nice to get a space to speak about this kind of thing. Um, so how could I best describe what I'm doing now? Um, I, I suppose I'm doing many things at the moment, but if I was to really hone it down to what it looks like, it, it is that I'm mainly helping people achieve, their, I suppose, achieve a higher purpose. And I guess what it comes down to really is living a more meaningful life, mm -hmm. living a more fulfilling life, more whole life. But I suppose I can really speak to what people are, are saying that, they, that they're getting from the process and the work we're doing, which is people feel you know, more authentic and um, more truthful and more effortlessly connected to who they really are. And so really it's a path towards, you know, being your highest self in the world, connecting to your purpose. And, and really the, the, one of the main tools that I use to, to help people uh, reach that is sexual energy, which you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, it's, this is kind of revolutionary and I don't, and I'm not trying to say this to pat myself on the back because I don't, I don't consider that this is my work. I can, I consider yeah. this as work that really emerged from many influences and inspirations that I've had around me. And I, and I feel like I'm kind of an instrument that allowed it to come through, but I do feel that this is a revolutionary phase that, you know, humanity is calling forth through me and through other people. I don't think I'm, just, I'm the only person doing this. But the, what I think is revolutionary when I say that is that, you know, there, I, I guess we're diving really deep right, right away, yeah, but it feels right, <laughs> is that, you know, we, there are really four, when we talk about sexuality, there are four ways, there are four ways that we are sexual or four reasons to be sexual. And the first reason is procreation. Mm. And the second reason is love and romance. And the third reason is pleasure. And the fourth reason is transformation and healing. Mm. And every time ac across history, we've always had to fight for one of these. And that's the evolutionary path of human beings. We've always had to fight for one of these. And it's been an ev evolutionary path. You know, there have been times where we've had to fight for um, we've had to fight for whether it was okay to have pleasure having sex. That's the whole conversation about gay rights. Yeah. Because when the gay rights, you know, there was there was actually there was a time in humanity where we had to we had to fight for the right to be able to have sex with our married partner, mm. with the partner we were married to, because that was unacceptable. It was like you were having sex to procreate, and that was it. 
And so that happened, you know, that was like that, that happened at various points across history and it happened during the Victorian era, you know, and then after that, it, you know, this has been this ebb and flow. And then we got to this point in the sixties where all of a sudden it was like, well, we want to be, you know, we want to be allowed to be gay. We want to be allowed to be lesbians. We want to be able, able to be polyamorous. And each and every one of those things was a problem for our society because what it meant was that we wanted to get pleasure out of sex. Mm. And, and, that, and that was the frontier of the last great sexual revolution of the 60s. So I guess what I'm talking about is the next frontier of the sexual revolution, which will be the next, this one, the one about transformation and healing. So in the 80s, you know, all these tantric Zen practices started to move from east to west and, and, and all these things started to become popularized. And we started to see tantra come through and, yeah. and and the idea that we could heal with sexuality. And, and I think that we're ready to go a step even further because I feel that making sexuality healing is a way of kind of apologizing for it or going, you see, it does have a space. Mm. It can heal. So, 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 so it definitely has a space, mm. you know, mm. but, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that, it should, we should go beyond that and go, wait a minute, we can have pleasure with it, we can enjoy it, and it can be healing. In fact, it doesn't have to be healing, it could be transformative. And the difference between transformative and healing is that healing, you're saying something's broken and I fixed it. And transformative, you're saying it was all right, and I want it to be even better. And so for me, that shift is a massive shift in consciousness because it allows us to see that sexuality is not just about healing something that's broken, therefore making it valid, but like, well, life is pretty good and it can be even better. So let's use sex because it's pleasurable and it's a fast track way of actually making transformation happen. And for me, that's why, you know, I, I teach a workshop every Thursday for men only, which is called uh, Your Erotic Essence. And it's all about how to harness the, the energy of our orgasms and our sexuality to, to, reach our, to, to live a, a more fulfilling life, a life connected to our higher purpose, connected to higher creativity and abundance. And there's a lot of reasons why sex, the orgasm and eros, are the number one instrument for that happening. But the fact that this was even possible today I think is in itself a revolution mm. because if we, we've gone from, you know, tolerating sex, yeah. tolerating it as a pleasurable act, tolerating it beyond reproduction to now saying we cannot speak about the evolution of mankind without talking about Eros and the orgasm. We just can't. And that's kind of the statement that I make with this work uh, that I do. And, uh, and so so yes, I do, I do think that we're in the right phase for this to be happening because there is, we are in a moment where the world's being turned upside down, you know, Black Lives Matters movement, uh, women's Me Too movement, all these issues were around in the last sexual revolution. You know, this is the time, it's, it's, this is what's happening. And so it's a time to turn everything on its head and it's a time for this kind of thing to come through. Mm. Beautiful. And it makes sense to your journey too, knowing you for X amount of years. I've seen your journey, you know, go from, I mean, you can tell us more in a moment, but, you know, going from your life in London and doing all these workshops while you were doing more interior design work and then moving into sh really diving in deep into shamanism. And then now this third, this kind of next evolution of your work has been so amazing to see, you know, to, to witness it actually as a friend and as a, as a, colleague in the field of transformation i want to say and it's such you know 
I'll ask you to share more about that journey in a moment, just to just to see how, you know, that this theme that you're working with of sexual energy is has been so present in your life. In, well, since I've known you, it's really something that we've talked about at length. And I know a lot of, you know, your your curiosity and your work has been about that from from what eight years ago since I've met you, if not more. <laughs> can't think precisely so yeah tell us more about that your journey to this like how has it been and what have been the challenges what have been the discoveries that have led you to where you are today yeah you know that's that's a really really beautiful question and very multi-layered because you know I think that you know, one thing you know about me because we know each other so well is that I've I've been on a very long journey with trying to figure out what my purpose was and I guess what I figured out is that there's no final destination. It's just what's right right now, you know? And between what I told my parents I would be when I grow up, when I was six, to what they thought I was studying, when I was lying to them because I was too embarrassed, to what I ended up actually studying and graduating from, to what I ended up working in, to what I ended up actually starting a business in, to what I ended up, you know, it's it's just been such a nonstop yeah. shift uh, yeah. journey. And yeah, yeah, uh, you know, when we first met, I was an interior designer in London. And actually around the time we met was when I f- was first introduced to Tantra, which is why you're, you're, you remember that well. I had gone to Berlin and I started to explore Tantra on a one-year training, mm, yeah, um, which was called Authentic Eros. And we, we went to a workshop of those together yeah. in London. I remember that was an amazing experience. And, um, and that's when I started to get, in, get involved with Tantra uh, about, yeah, about eight. So that was 2012. And I knew right away I had a deep resonance with it. But there are a lot of things that stood in my way of, of, wa- of wanting to take it further. And I remembered, you know, at the end of the one-year training, thinking, well, I want to, you know, I want to facilitate this and speaking to one of the teachers about it. And, and the, the, to learn to facilitate Tantra involved, you know, um, what was, you know, if you're working with men, you know, it was called cock shiatsu massage, where you're essentially cock massage, yeah. male genital massage. And I remembered uh, thinking, I, I don't really want want to do that like that's not, that's not as much as i love rubbing cock you know it's not, what I, <laughs> not in was, context and that's not it's just it's not really what i it didn't felt like it resonated with what i wanted to do so i kind of mm-hmm. closed that chapter and so about three years later but i still kept practicing tantra and going to workshops and all of that and then a couple of years later i met another teacher and i said to him you know i want to teach tantra but i don't want to you know i don't want to touch cock and I remembered him saying to me, well, then, you know, then there's no, you know, there's no place for you. Like, there's not, you know, there's no option. And I said, okay. But around that time is when I was initiated into shamanism, when I went on that trip to Mongolia, which changed my life back in 2000. We're talking 2014, 15. And, um, and then I, can, I encountered this guy who was called uh, the sexual, called himself the sexual shaman, Kenneth Ray Stubbs, who you know as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Kenneth Ray Stubbs just blew my mind. He was this, he's this man who's this kind of hippie. He's been, you know, he, he's been working with erotic massage and sexuality since I think the 70s or the late 60s in San Francisco. I mean, he's one of those revolution. He was one of those guys that was part of that first sex, that, that last sexual revolution. And inspired me so much and and i started and i did his training and i was mentoring with him for a few years and he like i said he's this tantra guru but what was amazing about his view of tantra which had evolved from the 60s in san francisco to now was the realization that it didn't have to be about 
kokshatsu massages. It didn't have to be about genitals at all. All mm-hmm. it had to be about is the recognition that sexual energy is an intrinsic part of our beings and of and of our of our fabric as humanity. You know, that's all it really was about. And sexual energy and sexual energy as we define it, which is, you know, could be through masturbation or sex or whatever, is one way of awakening that that sexual energy, that eros. But actually, and I'd, I'd like to take a minute to talk about this because eros, we always see eros as sex, desire, yearning, love. We always see the eros as the Greek counterpart to Cupid, mm, you know, yeah. to, to the Roman Cupid. But actually, if you look at the first the first conceptualization of Eros, the original conceptualization of Eros, the original conceptualization of Eros was the coming into form of the limitless and mm. of the infinite. Yeah? yeah. So the ultimate creation. Yeah. It somehow turned into desire, love, yearning. Mm. Not, not by any kind of mistake. Mm. Because of the fact that sexual energy is the, the most creative force that we can yeah. use and have and harness. But that's not what Eros was originally about. So I suppose my work is kind of like reclaiming Eros, which is actually quite a few people are talking about. There's actually a book out there called Reclaiming Eros. I don't know who who wrote it right now off the top of my head. But the point point I'm trying to make is that there's such a legacy of knowledge and learnings there for us to tap into that is available and that is important. It's, it's so important for us because what we're doing, let's face it, is not working. <laughs> let's look, if we look around, we can realize, like, <laughs> let's be clear, what we're doing as humans is not working people. So what we have to do is go back to civilizations and times where things were working or where people were living at their highest potential and go back to that time and find that. And of course it wasn't perfect then either. There's a reason why those civilizations fell. I know that. You don't have to start writing me hate mail telling me why, all the reasons why the Greeks didn't work and the Egyptians didn't work. I, I got, I know. But what I want to say is that there were things that there were, there were demonstrations that people in those times were living at a level of their potential that we don't understand today. And that's why this podcast is called the temple podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, in yeah. my, at least in my little head, in my in my interpretation of it, <laughs> exactly. You're a genius, <laughs> but yes, but that's it what is. I figured is because yeah. is because of the fact that the temples were houses of intelligence. Yeah, exactly. They were houses of where you went to connect to who you really were and to yeah. your potential and to your beautiful. intelligence. Beautiful, yeah. And so we, and so we, so so those civilizations that built those temples, like the ancient Greeks, the ancient Egyptians, the Maya, they had access to practices and and conceptualizations and theory and philosophy that would transform people's lives by allowing them to be a better version of themselves and share that with other people. Mm. And we've lost that. We just lost it. If you even look at the, if you even look at the buildings that they were able to build, if you, if you put any, if you put, the, the, you know, any architect, the best architects today in front of the pyramids of Giza or, or the Acropolis, they'll look and they'll go, I have no idea how they did this. No clue. Yeah. No clue how they did this. And how were they able to create those buildings? They had a level of intelligence and knowledge and potential and a capacity that we don't even understand. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is if we go back to that time and look at what they were doing, one of the things that we see is that they were using sex in a completely different Mm. way than we were. 
they understood that you could not talk about the evolution of humanity without talking about sexuality. Yeah. And one reason for that, obviously, is because every human being comes from orgasm. I mean, that's, that's a, it's a fact that we seem to forget all the time. <laughs> we try to censor sexuality, you know, from everywhere all the time. But actually, we realize it's, it's intrinsic to our beings. Mm. Like every human being came from a sperm that met an egg after an orgasm, and it turned into an egg cell, which, you know, duplicated and multiplied into mm. two, four, six, eight, which so, then turned into, which then uh, turned into an embryo. Yeah. At least a male orgasm. <laughs> For sure. The female yeah. orgasm, we're not sure. Well, but. the female orgasm has, well, the female, oh, that's a whole other topic <laughs> yeah. right there. But I mean, the female orgasm, she might have had eight by then already. Yeah, she might have. Yeah. <laughs> she might have had eight or 12. But see, that's part, of the, that's part of the topic as well, is that, you know, women have, you know, have had the ability to have multiple orgasms for so long. And men, you know, we, we tend to have orgasms that last 10 seconds. And this is what the big part of what my work is, is that the orgasm is the strongest energy available to human beings. If mm -hmm. we talk about energy and energy work, it is the strongest available energy to men, to mankind. And we only tend to spend 10 seconds with it. So one of the key practices of my work is to get people to, to spend more time to be able to extend their orgasms and multiply them in a way that they have something they can harness because mm -hmm. you can't really harness 10 seconds, especially yeah. if we've learned, as men especially, we've learned to not receive our orgasms. And this is really important because, you know, like when, you know, when you learn to masturbate as a man, you're 10 or 12 and you're watching a porn that your brother or cousin lent you, you know, I'm talking back in the 90s when, you know, when we were learning about sex or, or, or late 80s. And you were, you were running, you were scared. You were, anyone was going to come home at any moment. You know, you had to hurry up and get it done. Yeah. And, when you, and, you, and when you ejaculated, you had to jump out of bed and clean it as fast as possible. We never learned how to truly receive the energy of the orgasm. And it's such a waste and it's such a shame because it's the most powerful energy there, there is. And if anyone wants to debate that, you can say, well, what other energy could create life in the way that the orgasm does? It's turned the human genitals into the create force of creativity, the instrument of creativity of our natural ecosystem, you know, because we are essential to the advancement of humanity and the advancement of, of uh, the advancement of, of universe. Uh, and that's what we're here for. And so having our, our sexual energy um, be this kind of catalyst for the ultimate creativity and just having rewiring ourselves to understand that changes everything. Because mm -hmm. at that point, that's when we get into, like I said, that fourth or fifth element, which is using sexuality for deep transformation. You know, I really put down all everything that's going on right now in the world. You know, if we were just having better sex and mm -hmm. using our orgasms properly, everything would be completely different. Right. Yeah, everything would be completely different. So, yeah. So you, I don't even remember what you asked, but that's Me what neither. you got. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Your journey. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even really talk about my journey, did I? I talked about everything else. But what I guess what I would, if, if I do want to talk about my journey, then what I was going to say is that I've been, I've been, oh, yeah, because then I started talking about Kenneth Ray Stubbs and I got sidetracked. Oh, yes, that's it, Kenneth. Yeah. yeah. So the bottom line is that I have had, 
you know, I've been I've been wanting to do this work for so long, and mm-hmm. and and I knew it was part of my field to do, but I, there was so many things that were blocking me: shame, guilt. Uh, what would I tell my family? Um, am I good looking enough? You know, to be in this, like, to be talking about sex, will people mm. want to listen to me? Yeah. Uh, do I have a big enough dick? You know, I mean, it's, it's all these crazy things that that get in your way. And what happened is that after meeting Kenneth Ray Stubbs, I realized that this work started to happen whether I liked it or not. You know, like I felt like this work started to happen around me whether I liked it or not. People would talk, would tell me that they were feeling very sexual around me. And I would, you know, I became a shaman and I would do healing sessions with people and sexual energy would often come up and, you know, it was hands off, you know, but, um, but I realized that it was just around all the time. Mm. And then last, was it last, last summer I was teaching a workshop and, you know, this, this man was a great guy who was there and he was a Tantra teacher, has been a Tantra teacher for 15 years in the UK. And he says to me, wow, you know, that was Tantra. What you just did was Tantra. And I, I was like, I guess so. I don't know. And so he got me start to start thinking, well, maybe this is, you know, maybe it's time. And in November, I went off on a silent retreat for a few days and it came through really clearly. It was like, you need to stop holding back and you just need to put this out there. Mm-hmm. So I started to put out workshops, went to California and taught some workshops because that's such a good breeding ground for this kind of work. People are so open-minded and people have so much money to throw at anything new, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And um, then when COVID hit, everything went kind of in a completely different direction because all of a sudden you've got millions of men, you know, at home who aren't able to have sex with anyone. And then all of a sudden this invitation to teach workshops for men about masturbation came up and that just became my full-time job and so yeah so now I guess the work I do today marries all my all these interests you know like I'm interested in helping people achieve their their purpose because that's what I feel I've been able to do but and I feel it's 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 what's needed by the world at the moment you know I think every second person or every no maybe two two out of three people who write to me for questions or a session or whatever bring up the topic of purpose. Who am I in this yeah. world? What am I? And I don't even really, you know, it's not something I've advertised that much, but people are like, who, you know, who am I in this world? You know, especially with COVID, people are like, yeah. saw that. Like, I'm done pretending to be something I'm not. I'm done, you know, pretending to enjoy being a banker when I really don't, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and I'm done hating what I do, knowing it can all be taken away from me. Yeah you know, in a moment. And then it's like, I've just spent all my life doing something I hated, thinking it would be stable and it was all taken away. So I think there's a wake up call at the moment. And 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 it's about we're, us realizing that by stepping into our highest gifts, that's what, the, that's what the universe is asking of us. That's what this pandemic, I think, is about. I think this is what, this is what COVID is asking humanity to do. It's saying, step up and be the best version of yourself. Anything less is not enough anymore, you know? And, uh, and, so, and so if we can do it in a pleasurable way, you know, if we could do it in a way that's pleasant with our partner or on our own or enjoying sex, you know, and I think that that's one of the belief systems that we need to dismantle, you know, the idea that, that it, it can't be a fun process. It has to be difficult. It has to be hard. It has to be, why can't it be pleasurable? And why can't it be fun? And why can't it be mm. effortless? Yeah. Mm. 
Yes, really interesting point that you bring up about sex being transformative and being healing. And you know, in, in my personal experience, I, I definitely have found that, you know, that there's been maybe like many gay men, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt and fear and, um, and, and yeah, just the anxiety around it. And then meeting, you know, and I'm not saying now it's all a bed of roses either, but the, the, the transformative element over a period of time I found with my current, you know, my partner, my fiance, you want to call him Bob. And like, there's been something really deep happening and really transformative as well happening of between him and me of, which is why we came together, which is why we're still together, which is why we, you know, we're exploring and we're opening up to, to this, to more and more of our eros and sexual energy. But it's, you know, it's not a straight line as a journey and it's really like complicated and chaotic sometimes and messy and mm. vulnerable and all these mm. things. And, you know, you kind of feel like you're making, you know, a, a step forwards or deeper. And then the next week or whenever it is, it just feels like, you know, you're again in in a resistance or like a, a contraction, and that. So it's 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 such a, a massive um, journey and learning. So I'm curious how how you, how do you work with people in that context? Because I you know I take this as an example. It would be wonderful to have someone to speak to about these matters, mm. you know. And I'm just curious how how you work with people. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a really that's a really beautiful question. And I love everything that you said about that exploration. I think that one of the things that's important to keep in mind is that sexuality, like you said, I think you said it in different words, is really a minefield. You know, it's a minefield. And I think that if you have the ability to go there, then you really have the ability to go to your deepest, darkest shadow. You know, and I think that's part of the power of working with sexuality is to go to the deepest, darkest part of your shadow and being willing to look at it, seeing it and, 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 and be with it. Um, and I think that's part of what makes it so powerful. But, you know, and, and, and again, you know, one of the things that they did at, at ancient temple sites, you know, if you go to a lot of temples around the world, you'll see sexual scenery sculpted on yeah on statues and very very explicit and one of the practices that they would do at ancient temples is that they would have people walk around the temple in silence and look at all the statues and feel what was coming up for them you know disgust uh, shame guilt whatever it was and they would make them walk around until they were able to feel neutralized until they were able to feel harmonious until yeah. they would feel like these whatever that potency, whatever those, those patterns were, would be dissolved, you know, that they didn't have the same charge anymore than they had before. And that's big work, you know, it's big, it's a big part of our, of our work. And I really think it's, it's a privilege to be able to do that work. I mean, not just as a facilitator, but as a participant, because, you know, so little of the world has the ability to go to that level. Most of the world is concerned about survival. You know, where's my next meal going to come from? You know, whatever, just surviving or survival of, with physical survival, survival of the ego and all of that. For us to be able to really go there is, is a privilege. But the way that I work with people is not necessarily by looking at sexual issues, which is what people generally think 
I do, or people generally would, you know, would think I do. But generally what I do is I teach people how to awaken the sexual energy and use that sexual energy as a medicine for whatever is going on. So you could be, it could be that you have a money issue. It could be that you have a, you know, again, an issue around your purpose, a a romance issue, a physical, physiological pain, whatever. Um, and really, at the end of the day, it's just about how can we awaken that energy in your body and harness it and use it in um, in a way that can heal and transform. And and really, what it really is about fundamentally, I mean, the the highest expression, I suppose, of this work, or what I would love people to, what I what I'm most excited when people get to is then this uh, this place of autonomy and independence that you get to when you've done so much of this practice of harnessing your eros and and, and erotic energy and orgasmic energy that you just kind of have this field of healing eternal medicine around you that's constantly available for you to to touch i think that when you reach a certain level of development on your path i think that you kind of get access to the field of energetic medicine in a way which is frequency medicine i suppose if you call it although that starts to sound a little bit woo woo and like <laughs> new agey but yeah. you know there's a field of knowledge and and that that becomes available to you for you to resource from and the more you do this work so i guess my my ultimate yearning when i work with people is to try to get them on that journey where they get to that place where you know, they become self-referential. They 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 have that access to that field, which is uh, which I think which I really think is what was happening in those temples. You know, that they would give people access to that field, you know, of knowledge. And that's really juicy because when you started saying that about the temples, my immediate thought was, oh, it's a space where they, you know, people go and have sex with each other to expand. But what you're saying is actually like a a lot more. Well, in a way, realistic maybe, or grounded, or even transformative. That is, you know, the real. The, I love that that idea of of the temple being a space for healing in that in that way, because there's often this, you know, uh, this I guess misconception sometimes around. I've experienced myself and some of my clients of, you know, like sexual freedom. When you know, when I finally can you know it, be sexual, it means having sex with everyone. Mm. versus what I've been just rediscovering in, in this relationship is the f- the freedom of like um, being more and more sexual and more and more vulnerable and open to one person, like kind of going deeper with that one person. Mm. And I kind of draw parallels with that. My mind immediately goes to, oh, the temples are this space of like this ultimate idealized freedom where everyone's having sex with each other versus mm. like, something that's actually i don't know what how to call it maybe more human more 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 about the self and and more vulnerable maybe for me it's about reaching authenticity really mm. it's not you know because at the end of the day if your authentic truth is to be in orgies all the time great you know is it you know because there's a possibility sometimes yeah. that some of these things are a reaction to society you know like i work with a lot of porn stars and escorts and uh, and I love them. I love working with them because they they're able to transcend something that's so 
difficult to transcend in our society. The ability to get naked in front of everyone, to be seen having sex in front of everyone. It's the fact that they're able to transcend that, I think is gorgeous. Mm. You know, I'm inspired, you know, and I've been making videos because I'm inspired by them. And there's part of that, which can be very fuck you. You know, it can be very like, well, fuck you, society. You tell me I can't do this. Well, I'm mm. going to do it even more. And I'm going to do it with eight people. I'm right in front of you. And I'm going to film it and put it on TikTok. You know what I mean? Or whatever, wherever TikTok. you can TikTok. Yeah. That or wherever, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so I guess what I'm, what I'm calling forth, or I, I suppose what we're both talking about, what we're both saying here as we're talking, is the, uh, the, uh, where's the authenticity? Mm, and the true sexual awakening comes from what is your authentic yearning in sexuality, period. Yeah. If it's to have orgies, great. If it's to have sex with just one person, great. As long as it's authentically yours. There's no rules. There's no need for rules. It's, the only rule is remember you're a god. You remember you are, you are God. You are all the knowledge that is. And when you remember that, make all the decisions from that place. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, they'll be right. They'll be the right decisions. Mm-hmm. And so I suppose that's what I, what I would call forth is that authenticity. Like so many of us are living illusions of what we think yeah. it should be. And that, that ideal that you talked about could just be another layer of illusion if it's not yeah. aligned with your authentic yeah. truth you know? yeah very true yeah that's a beautiful thing and that's kind of one of the themes that's come up in many conversations recently is this this the this idea of well this idea the the need for authenticity in all areas of life like you know i had a conversation where it was about success you know how is what does your authentic success look to you look look like for you and bring that to the realm of of sexuality in our sexual life is really powerful really important because you're right we are running so many stories and so many so much conditioning about you know who i think i need to be do i think i need to be you know monogamous and in one in one with one partner all my life to be happy or do i think that actually i need to be completely open to 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 many many people to be happy and as you say either can be a trap either can be an illusion hmm. yeah yeah, and I think it's just, yeah, exactly. It just comes down to realizing what is your authenticity and what is, and, and what's what's stopping you from get to that authenticity. And that's really where it gets interesting, yeah. is that what keeps us trapped in these illusions is our need to fit in, our need yeah. to fit into the tribe, our need to, our fear of being kicked out, our fear of exclusion, our fear of being different, a burnt to the stake, all of that stuff. You know, and at the end of the day, the only thing, you know, that's that's a that's a that's a that's a type of dependency, you know, codependency that we have on our on our on, on something that's outside of us, on a tribe, on relationships, on people, our parents, our yeah. our family, whatever. And the only way to the only way to move past that is by achieving or working towards achieving wholeness and oneness. Because when you're whole and full and complete. You, there's no reliance on anything mm. else. There's no need to rely on anything else, you know? And so, and again, and interestingly, you know, sex is a way of reaching that wholeness and oneness. You know, sex is the place, like the orgasm is the moment where each and every one of us embodies wholeness, oneness, mm. fullness, completeness each time. And again, we don't harness it. And again, we don't spend enough time with it. And again, we don't receive it. But if we did, the more you do, 
the more you're these attached, like, you know, in Buddhism, they call them the attachments, yeah. but really it's codependence, codependency patterns or reliance or whatever you want to call it, that they just fall away because there's a wholeness. And again, to go back to the embryo, you know, if you look at the development of the embryo, there's a time a few days in where for a few days, the embryo is completely self-sufficient. You know, it's a, it's a fertilized egg cell which is essentially completely self-sufficient. It needs nothing around it. It's completely self-sufficient. It's a ball of water that sits in water and it's self-nourishing and everything it has is within it. And then around day six or seven, I don't know, I'm not sure exactly of the day, there's this uh, process called zona hatching where the embryo hatches. And then all of a sudden it starts to become reliant on everything around it. And it starts to take, you know, nourishment from this part and that part and this yeah. part. And from that moment on, we're open to trauma. Because mm-hmm. from that moment on, oh, wait, I was supposed to get that. I didn't get it. What happened? Uh, where did you go, mommy? Uh, yeah. But I needed that. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what my invitation is with this work is to go back to that intrinsic wholeness, which is there because we were all there and we have it within us. And we just need to keep going back mm-hmm. there to that place. And then all the rest of it could fall away. And then that goes into feeding into that circle where we can go, great, what is it I really need now? Mm. What is it that I, that I don't need, mm. you know? And how can, so how can someone um, begin to observe this, the trauma, the wounding within sexuality, with, with their sexual energy? What's, what's mm. the best way? What's a way? I believe that the best way really is to drop into sensation, you know, because, you know, we talked about arrows and that's something that's available to all of us. And maybe, maybe I'm speaking too quickly. Maybe I'm jumping steps, but, you know, because sensation is oddly, you know, for someone like you or me and the work we do is normal. It's like, oh yeah, I go into my sensation. And actually for a lot of human beings, sensation is not available, you know, and I'm not talking about paralyzed people. I'm talking about, you know, we're in our heads. And, and so, uh, you know, for me, Eros, the manifestation of Eros in our beings comes through sensations. You know, that, that place I said, where the the limitless turns into form, turns into limited, that happens through spontaneous, through sensations that appear in our system. That's why the Buddhists would, you know, Tibetan Buddhism, Tibetan Tantra, they would sit there for hours and feel the sensations in their bodies or they would chant and then they would yeah. sit and feel the sensation that would come up because they knew that that was where God was. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they don't, you don't use the word God in Tibetan Tantra, but you know what I mean, like their yeah. version of it, Nirvana, whatever. Um, <laughs> You know, God, I'll get my Buddhist badge taken away. Yeah, exactly. Oh, too many Buddhist. influences. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Your card uh, taken away from you. <laughs> my card, my little my credit card. But um, what I was going to say is that, so sensations are really the manifestation of, mm. of, of the eros. The divine, yeah. Yeah. And I think that we're robbing ourselves of that with our social media and digital media. We become desensitized yeah. and, and the sensations are, you know, we've become numb to them. So, so bearing that in mind, the first thing we can really do is go back to our breath because it, the, the breath is a conduit for, 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 that, for that place too. Uh, and if we can't reach sensation, the breath is a good place to start. So my invitation to people is in any difficult situation to drop straight into the breath, making maybe make a sound, 
um, you know, drop into sensation if that's available to you. And then ideally when you're having sex or when you're having a sexual, whether it's masturbation or something with a partner, to really tune into the sensation while that's going on. Because so often we'll be in thought or we'll be in like, yeah. oh, we want it to be done or we don't want it to be done or oh, we want more. What does this mean? Do they love me? Do they not? Oh, well, they must. Oh, am I doing this well enough? Is that what? They, well, they've done, you know, they've done that for two minutes. So I should do that <laughs> for two minutes. Yeah. You know, we can get into so much thinking yeah. and we, we, we're, not, we're not in that place. So having just dropping into sensation in those moments, you know, and, and so could I, could I offer something in that we can, that everybody, the listeners can try right yeah, now? Please. Yeah, please. So one thing I'd like to suggest, and this, I, 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 I like to always suggest this is a quite an even introductory thing for people who don't really do very much with sensations usually, but my invitation is to bring one hand to the back of the neck and we can all do this now. Mm-hmm. So bringing one hand to the back of the neck and the other hand to the front of the neck, you've got a microphone, so it's harder for you, but you'll, you'll be fine with just one hand on the back of your neck. And if you just do that and then just focus on the area going down from your, the back of your neck, down the spine, either the back of the spine or the front of the spine, but just focusing on that whole midline area. And once you've really got your focus there, just making a sound like an O sound and not an OM, but like O. is to really focus on that vibration that becomes available all the way down the midline and the sensations and and that's really a place to start for people who are not really in tune with sensations but like how can we deepen once and once you even feel the slightest sensation the even tiniest tiniest tingle focus on it like it's everything Mm. Like like it's got the treasures of the egyptian gods in it you know, like focus so intently on it that it, and then the more you do, the more it speaks to you, the more it comes back with more information for you. Mm. So, yeah. It's beautiful. Yes. Mm. Beautiful invitation. Yeah. And what about with couples? So, um, and how, I mean, as in using this, this as an example of really diving into sensation is, and, you know, using, let's say the sound, the breath, when you're alone, that's easy, right? When you're with mm-hmm. someone else, then it becomes perhaps more, dif- more difficult, more vulnerable, more, yeah, more, uh, more vulnerable. Yeah. And I mean, I've been, I've been making partner videos lately and I've become very aware of this. And I think that the key for me is that it is the work starts with ourselves like mm-hmm. any work, you know? And, and so my work generally 
is to help people find that oneness and wholeness within themselves. And if the two partners can work towards finding it and then meet from that place, you know, rather than say, okay, well, I'll teach you how to give a massage to your partner and then they'll give you one, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, how can we, you know, and that's, and that's, that, went and answered the question about why I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to not touch cocks anymore. But um, <laughs> because really it's about teaching people to achieve oneness and then they can meet from that place together. And then, and then it's about how to be engage in an intuitive way with our partner. Like, you know, if I run my hands on my partner's body or above my partner's body, can I feel which part is wanting to be touched and in which way, mm-hmm. you know, and um, can I bring sound to a specific part of their body and, and help bring vibration there and um, and help them achieve that state, you know, and support them in that. So I do think that it, is, it really starts with your own exploration. I don't think that the exploration can happen as a partner in any other way, but there are fun things you can do together, you know, touching a person's body and bringing the sound there to the vibration there and gentle, slow touch. At the end of the day, really, and, 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 and this is what I learned from Kenneth Ray Stubbs, who's, you know, 77-year-old man, or I don't know exactly how old he was, who's worked with this for so long, is that Tantra at the end of the day is about presence. Mm. You know, when we're in presence, we are in that place that transcends time and space where everything is, so much power is available to us. So being present in a sexual act with uh, our partner. And, and, and again, that goes back to sensations because you can't be present in the thinking mind. You know, by the time you've said now, it's already two seconds later. Yeah. You know, so presence only really exists in, in, in sensation, you know, in, in going into the body, um, and, um, and feeling sensations. And so continuing to focus on the sensation while in interaction with the partner is, is the number one key element and seeing what emerges from there, Mm. you know, Mm. you can use, there are so many of these books, you know, with partner poses and all of that and i teach some of these poses and they're great but at the end of the day all i would suggest to people is learn them and forget Mm. you learn them forget forget everything learn and then forget and if your body wants to use and express itself using them then it will naturally and trust that Mm. you know beautiful something just uh, kind of floated in my mind which is the comp the 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 connection between this so sexual energy and the, the intelligence that it brings and the, the aliveness that it brings and, and purpose. And, you know, we're seeing lots of, as you said before, people are looking for their purpose, are looking for you know, why am I on this plane? And that does often come from a, a mind space or needing to like tie it down. So it can, have you seen or can you see that the link between letting go of that exploration in the mind and allowing it to be from sexual energy, from this force of creation. How have you seen that? Yeah, it's a, it's a hundred percent that because really what it comes down to is that <clears throat> the mind is about planning and organizing yeah. and our purpose can only emerge naturally and effortlessly. You know, like if you look at the, the ecosystem around us, Everything in it has a purpose. 
you know, everything, every plant has either a flower or a fruit or something, a reason for it. There's a reason for everything. Yeah. And, and, and we never really assign it a reason. <laughs> we don't really say, oh, well, you're going to be a tomato plant now. You know, you're going to make tomatoes. Well, no, I kind of, I kind of am. You know what I mean? It's kind <laughs> I just of what am. I, do. I just kind of am. You can't, you can't grow to, you can't, you can't grow lemons on me, unfortunately, you know? And that's what we're doing in our society. We're taking tomato bushes or I don't know what they're called and trying to turn them into lemon trees. That's what we're doing with each other, yeah. with ourselves, with our education system. When we put kids in schools and say, well, if you didn't pass that, or if you didn't get that, then that's not good enough. And you know, why don't you tell me, why don't you explore what I am good at? What do you, mm. why don't you explore what it is I naturally have? So uh, my experience with watching people work with their purpose and helping people on this path is that we have to surrender to the effortless process that is, this is not a process of adding anything to our living experience. It's a process of removing things from our mm. living experience. Yeah. Because we, when we remove things, we, we end up surrendering to an effortless flow. You know, and and that's the flow from which your purpose will arise. Mm. The same way that seeds fall, you know, and get blown by the wind and they'll fly into a patch of dirt and then the rain will fall on it and then the sun will come out and next thing you know, there's a plant or a tree and then there's a fruit falling from it. Mm. We cannot force these processes. They have to happen naturally. But our work is to move things out of the way you know, get the shit out of the way. And what those things are, are limited patterns, beliefs, structures. And so when we move out of the thinking mind, that's where all the beliefs and patterns and structures are. And we can move into, you know, that effortless flow exists at the level of the body, at the level of those, those sensations that yeah. just kind of rise, you know? So really that's the rewiring that, that needs to happen. Mm. And believing that it's possible. And that's the big big story that's the big one people i've worked with for the longest time they're still challenged by the fact that you know when we're in the sessions when we're in the groups it's all good and then you go back to society and you have to be up against a society that that's not how it works mm -hmm. you know that's not how it works and and it's a constant constant exploration for us and inquiry for us to go back and go no no this is actually how the natural landscape mm. of our universe works yeah you know right. but we keep coming back to this culture that is so strong yeah and that doesn't agree with that so it's yeah. a constant reminder that we have to to do mm. yeah that's really important you're right because yeah the, the, yeah you're very right there's this either kind of from the top down the mind down which is which doesn't work because as you said at the beginning this is where we've been led as a society thanks to operating mind down you know making decisions from the mind and then bringing trying to force lives and, and others and ourselves into action versus what you're inviting through your work is it in the, the awakening through sexual energy the, the awakening of that of that sensation of that of the embodiment of the divine inside so kind of uh, down up for that to then move you know, the heart, the mind, and, and action. Is that right? Is that, is that, because that reminds me of like Kundalini, you know, they talk about Kundalini, which is very much from sacral up the spine, up into the mind, yeah. the third eye. Is that, would you say that's what you also work with? Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't usually, I don't use the word Kundalini yeah. and I don't, uh, I, I think, I think there is something else that I don't really know how to identify that's 
beyond Kundalini. Yeah, I yeah. didn't think, um, but I do think that it is I, because I th I think my feeling when I tune into the Kundalini is that it's a it's there's something between when we talk about Kundalini, there seems to be another level between us and that ever that eternal expanse mm -hmm. that we come from. And so my invitation is to go realize we are that expanse, mm -hmm. you know, we are it. So there's, yeah. there's nothing to be, there's nothing that needs to be between us. And so I suppose that's where, that's where that work is. And it's, um, you know, being, being moved, being breathed, you know, being, you know, it's, it's about realizing that as humans, we're able to have impulses, you know, which just sounds simple, but it really isn't because the way we've become, we don't trust impulses anymore and we don't have them anymore, yeah. you know? We, yeah. So first, how do we return to having impulses? And that's in sensation, that's in meditation, that's in switching off um, our mobiles, doing this kind of work. Um, we return to impulse. And once you start to have the impulses, then you, you, you can begin to trust them again and go, well, I can't ignore this impulse. I have to write this book. I have to write this poem. I have to this, I have to that, I have to, you know, you know, you know, I'm sure you know this because I know you. And it's like, there are moments where you're just sitting there and you're like, I have to make this video or it's li like mm. literally my head is going to explode yeah. if I don't make a video about this topic right now. And that's what I'm talking about. That's the overflow that happens from our you know, from awakening that eros, that creative force, that's the overflow that naturally happens. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, uh, and, and that's where we should be living from. And we should trust that everything we need, you know, will come from there, you know? Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And those words just sum up a whole conversation. I think everything you've just said in that last sentence, and perhaps it's a beautiful way to, to begin to close. So, is there anything else that you want to, anything else you want to share or add to, to this? Yeah, you know, I want to, I want to say, I want to honor you, and I want to thank you for your work. Uh, you know, it's for the work you're doing now, but also because you know, you, 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 for a long time, you worked with HIV, and and in doing the work that I'm doing now, I'm realizing what important work that was that you were doing because, you know, I I'm seeing more and more that. You know, and this might be getting a little bit woo or a bit metaphysical, but yeah. you know that I see that I'm realizing more and more that HIV came as a response or as a manifestation of our inability to accept our pleasure mm. as humans. You know, and I feel that you know, because I mean, if you look at the process, like we had this big sexual revolution in the '60s, in mm. the '70s, everything you know opened up, and in the '80s, bam, you know, this bam, happened. Contraction, yeah. And exactly. So I believe that, that, you know, I mean, of course, there's all these other scientific things and it's a virus that came from nature and I get all of that, but there's a meaning behind everything. And I think that as a human race, you know, we needed HIV to come as to show us a part of our inability to accept pleasure mm. at such a deep level. And, and, and that's where I see that, you know, the work you've done, um, working with that, I just honor, I honor it so much. I think that you've done a great a very big and important job at helping reverse some of that and some of, and some of the pain of that and some of the difficulty of that for our society. And I'm just, it's just such big work. And I just really wanted to honor that in the context of this conversation mm. and what we're talking about. I just really wanted to honor that and to, and to, and to share that. Mm, thank you, Mark. That really means a lot. Yeah, that does it really, 
it's like one of those things, you know, when you keep moving forward, you kind of forget to honor the past sometimes. So, yeah, I really receive that. Thank you. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And yeah, and it's done. And you don't have to, it doesn't mean you have to do it again, but it was just, you know, that, 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 the fact that you did that is just, I think it was such a, such an important and meaningful thing. So thank mm -hmm. you for that, just that light that you always bring. And I just think it's, I just want to honor it. So mm -hmm. thank you for, for, for that. And thanks for including me in this. Yeah, of course. Of course, of course, of course. There's so much, um, <laughs> The use of a better word, juice, and when, what, in your story and your wisdom and your work. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there's a I better like word. word I like the word juice. I'm going to use it. Juice, yeah. juice, 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 juicy stuff. <laughs> so how do people contact you? How do people get in touch with you or get a taste of your, your work? Yeah. Well, you can, people can go on. I have a website, which is orgasmicshaman.com. Uh, I mean, the, the website is very male focused if you go on it, because that's mainly the work I do. I do work with women and I do teach workshops for women. But right now, the demand really is coming mm. from men. So my, my, my website is very men focused, but men and women can be in touch. And I'm always there to help and to serve. Great. Orgasmicshaman.com. I love yeah. it. I mean, it brings together everything that you do. Yeah. yeah, great. Well, thank you so much, my friend. So good to thank you connect with you and to speak on this topic of which we could dive into forever. I'm sure. Totally, totally. This could be a whole series. Yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> mm. Planted thank some seeds you. there. Thank there you. There we go. Yeah. Let's see what see what comes. Thank you. Thank you, Mark.